welcome to season one of the Below the Belt podcast with me, Lex, where we entertain through enlightenment and transparency. I'm so happy that you're tuned in. Let's not even waste any time. Let's go ahead and get started. Hey, y'all. So... This is part two of last week's episode, which was what's love got to do with it? Because if Tina ain't say nothing else, she tried to tell us and we was just laughing and giggling and dancing to the song, thinking that it was all fun and games until we got into relationships and we said, Tina was right. What does love have to do with it? Love is a very important piece, but... There's so much more that goes into relationships that we don't even really talk about. All we talk about is, well, I feel like all I see a lot of people talk about is their relationship trauma, the bad things that have happened to them in relationships. And I feel like we don't talk enough about what we've learned from these traumatic experiences because one thing about it, any type of relationship that we have with other human beings, there's going to be, you know, some ups and some downs that come with that. We all got things about us that could be a little bit better. We all have things about us that, you know, we all have our ways pretty much. And so in any type of relationship, you can't expect it to always be perfect because at some point you and that other person's ways may clash, you know? So I just feel like we should talk more about what we learn from these traumatic experiences or just from these relationships that just didn't work out. Because I think there's beauty in that, right? Like, yeah, that person may have hurt you and it probably, you know, really stung or you may have did something that, you know, you could have made a completely different choice or, you know, whatever the case may be. But I feel like even just with anything in general, like in my life, the things that I've been through that have nothing to do with relationships, just like, you know, the different things that I've overcome and the things that I've experienced that weren't all that pleasant. Um, I had to really pray about that. And God gets me with the perspective that at least I learned something, right? At least I learned something. I'm going to choose not to focus on the pain. But I'm going to turn that pain into purpose and I'm going to choose to focus on what I learned from that. Because thank God I went through it so I could learn it. So I don't have to go through it again. So I can be wiser the next time. I'm more knowledgeable now that I've gone through that. This episode, I want part two to focus more on the things that I've learned. Because I want to be positive. You know, I don't want to sit here and explain to y'all because... When I tell you, I could give you six or 10 episodes on the things that have happened to me in relationships or the things that I've done to other people in relationships that really weren't all that pleasant. And I could go on and on and on about it. And I could tell you not to trust. And I could tell you not to do this and not to do that and to never love again. I could tell you all of those things. I could tell you to go tit for tat. I could tell you to get them back, which is basically tit for tat. But, you know, I could tell you to cheat back. I could tell you, you know, I could tell you, but I'm going to choose in this episode to be positive. And a lot of what I am going to say in this episode stems from a lot of 
experiences that I wish I never had to have, but I had them. So we're going to move forward, right? I can't control what other people do. <sighs> Y'all, I feel like I have so much to say in this episode that I don't even know where to start because I think that this episode is going to sound completely different from the last episode because I heard this pastor say, you can tell how a person has healed from a situation by the way they tell the story. You know what I mean? Like if I explain to you some of the things that have happened to me, you know, relationship wise, romantic relationship wise, and I choose to just be, oh, he this, he that. And, you know, I'm negative. I'm talking bad about the person. Like, it's very clear that I have not healed from that situation. And in this episode, I want to make sure that I'm helping people understand that even though that person hurts you or even though that relationship didn't work out and you thought it would and, you know, whatever the case may be, there is still so much good to acknowledge even in ugly situations and in rough seasons during breakups when you and your boyfriend or your husband or, you know, whatever your dating life, whatever, when it's just not really working out and you in a rough season, even when you're in that season of singleness, whatever your story is when it comes to romantic relationships, how no matter how bad it is, and I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to have you not acknowledge the pain and the trauma. I just don't want you to get stuck there so much so that you don't acknowledge the positives. So y'all like it's perspective pretty much. You've ever heard people say like, you know, they were in a relationship or you've ever heard a woman say, you know, they were in a relationship with the man and he just really did some trifling stuff and they ended up breaking up. And that, that, you know, the woman, she's like, well, I don't understand what happened. And, you know, you go through a phase where you're just like so down and out about it. You know, the breakup, you know, the the phase that you are in when the breakup first ends or whatever. And then God gives perspective. And that perspective usually is. I was much better off without that person. Because when you're in a relationship you tend to overlook a lot of things, right? Especially women. I had a completely different plan for part two. But as I was mapping out part two, I decided that, like I said, it's just better for me to tell my story and the lessons that I've learned from a positive aspect. Because genuinely, that's how I feel. You know, I don't have any bad blood towards anybody. And if I did, I don't want to continue that way. I don't want to continue to think that way. I don't want to continue to have that on my heart and on my mind. So I'm going to choose, right? I'm going to make the choice to say, I'm not about to torture myself again and again and again by repeating the memories and the thoughts, you know, and the feelings and the emotions of the pain that that situation caused me. I am going to make a choice. To focus on the lessons. I'm going to make a choice to focus on the fact that, yeah, it didn't work out. But what that means is, is that 
there's room now for the person that I'm actually supposed to be with to come into my life. I now know better now so that when I'm ready to date again, you know, speaking for myself and any other woman out there that's just kind of good on dating right now, when I'm ready to date again, I know what to look for, what not to look for. I now know that it doesn't benefit me to, to thug it out, to be a quote unquote ride or die, whatever that is. It doesn't benefit me to stay in places that no longer serve me. It doesn't benefit me to constantly keep trying to work it out with this person when this person is not giving me anything to work with. It doesn't benefit me to constantly pour myself into this person and nothing's getting poured back into me. I think women, we tend to want to fix people and fix situations. And, and we, we, we love to shout out the word potential when it comes to a man. I have a very complex belief and opinion when it comes to potential. I feel like in this context where the way women extend all of this, like, oh my gosh, he has the potential to be such a great man. I believe in that context, potential is not a real thing. He either is or he isn't. We sit there and we will legit look at a man who is treating us like nothing. And we will literally let it come out of our mouths that we believe that this man has the potential to be a good man. Sis, he either is or he ain't. In that context, Potential was not real. You are loving that man based off of what you want him to be, not what he actually is. If you actually took a second to take a step back and have a bird's eye view and see the bigger picture and see things for what they really are, see that man for who he really is. Girl, please. Girl, please. And I never, right, I don't want to take the accountability off of us because I know way too many men who know they worth. Men barely love themselves. I don't even think a lot of people even discuss what it looks like for a man to actually love himself because nobody really talks about that. Everybody only focuses on women and the actions that a woman does oh she's sleeping around oh she don't love herself she a hoe she don't care about herself for real oh she do this she do that but don't nobody do it with men but it's the same thing right so I just feel like I know way too many men who it don't it, most of the time it ain't nothing but a bunch of audacity because you know but I don't know a man who don't know his worth. And when I say that, I mean, I don't know a man who is going to sit around and put up with half of the things that we be sitting around and putting up, putting up with when it is, you know, when we're receiving a bunch of BS from men. I don't know too many men who going to sit around as long as women do. Men get on when it's not serving them. They're out. They're done. They're checked out. Even if he still is in a relationship with you because he don't have the balls yet to say that, you know, he doesn't want to be there anymore. Even if he hasn't broken up with you, even if he's still doing all the things he was doing before, that man has probably mentally checked out once he realizes 
that you don't serve him and that he you really not his cup of tea. But women, oh, we'll take ourselves through hell, literally, and then go pray about it. And then keep dealing with them. God then told you each time you done prayed about it, God then gave you either a feeling or just straight up proof that that man not for you. But you going to God talking about potential. You going to God talking about how you feel. We have got, ladies, we have got to stop making huge decisions about the people that we keep in our lives based off of how we feel. We have got to stop doing it. It costs us so much in the end. When we base our, the company we keep off of how we feel. Oh my gosh, he don't treat me right. I love flowers and he knows that and he's never bought me flowers, but I love him. What? And remember y'all, when I'm talking to y'all, I'm talking to myself. I've been there. Here's my confusion. For example, you, your love language is acts of service. And most of the time, if you're confused on what your love language is, nine times, oh, I won't say nine times out of 10, about seven times out of 10, your love language is how you show love to others. You know what? Scratch that. Your love language is gifts. You like to receive. You don't only like to receive, but you give and you give so much because that's your love language. So if this is the way that you feel loved and you're never receiving it, what are you in love with exactly? What are you holding on to exactly? What do you like in this situation or with this man or about this man exactly? Because if you are not getting what you need, what are you still there for? I, I don't get that. I, I, I don't know. I just And this is not about flowers, right? Like I'm not saying, oh, if you don't buy that woman flowers, then the relationship is over. I just genuinely feel like, and not every woman likes flowers, right? But I just genuinely feel like if that man can't love you in the way that you receive love, then what are you doing, sis? What are you holding on to? Explain it to me. Don't worry, I wait. You know, and that that actually makes me think of a conversation that me and my friend were having because first of all, y'all, I be all over the place when it comes to me and how I feel about dating. I can't even tell you the last time that I was actually not involved with a guy, like romantically, like where I wasn't dating a guy or in a relationship. And so I'm 27 now and I always be talking about something. I'm almost 30. My family be laughing at me because my uncle, he goes, almost 30 is 29. 27 is not almost 30. But to me, baby, you know, I pray I get to see 30. I'm going to celebrate when I see it because them 20s and try to take your girl out. However, oh, my eyes is open. I'm almost 30. So I feel like I want to take the rest of my 20s to just focus on Alexis because I've never done that. I have never truly just focused on me and had a true solid relationship with just me. 
I want to completely, 100% focus on me. I already have family relationships that I have to pour into. Because when you become an adult, y'all, oh my goodness. (laughs) It's so much. It's doable, but it's so much. I have friendship relationships that I have to pour into, that I care to pour into, you know? I have my relationship with myself that I am now choosing to tend to. Because I got to be with me forever for as long as I walk this earth. So I want to make sure I like me. I want to make sure I'm cool with it just being me. You know, your life is, it has so many tears. (laughs) Like life is just made up of so many different like elements and just, so I just feel like I know that I don't have the capacity right now to be in a relationship because if anything, I definitely learned. Now, each relationship I've been in, there was a lesson there, but I didn't really start paying attention to it until my first like serious mid-20s adulthood relationship. And that's when I think I really started to understand that like, even though I knew it before, that relationship really taught me that, you know, relationships, while they are a beautiful thing, you know, they are extremely challenging <laughs> and it takes a tremendous amount of work, selflessness, just compassion, understanding, patience. And I know that right now in my life, I have no business being in a relationship. I really want to treat people how I want to be treated. (laughs) And I know right now, if I were to hop in a relationship just because I like a guy, you know, it wouldn't go far because I can be honest with myself and understand that right now, a relationship is not a priority of mine. I've also come to terms with, and I have standards and I'm not settling And because I've come to terms with that, then I've also come to terms with the fact that, you know, and I don't know what God has written in my plan. I don't know. But what I will say is there's a lot of women out here going for everything and I ain't going for none of that. What Glorilla say? (laughs) So I will say that I think that I will be. You know, I, I need to take care of me and be with myself and love myself because I refuse to settle and I refuse to compromise on my non-negotiables and my standards for the sake of wanting to be in a relationship. I refuse to do it. And like I said before, in part one, anytime I've gone against my better judgment, that intuition, that feeling that I had. First of all, it was always the reason why the relationship ended up not working out. And second of all, the relationship always ended. And I always left that relationship carrying feelings and emotions and unpleasant experiences that I didn't have to go through had I just stuck to my standards. So I know, you know, that I'm very honest with myself. I'm very self-aware. Sometimes I think I'm a little bit too self-aware. And I think sometimes people feel like I know my last relationship. This goes back to what I was saying about love languages. Now, I wouldn't say this is a love language, but in a sense, it does let me know that I can trust this person and this person cares about me. 
when I'm in a relationship, I want to see you be your best self. I want to see you win wholeheartedly. I don't really cut any words when it comes to me telling you you slipping. And I feel like if I'm in a relationship with you, if I'm your friend, if I'm your girlfriend, if I'm one day, you know, if this ever happens, hell, if it's in, it's, if it's in God's plan for me, if I'm ever your wife, like, I feel like I should be the one to tell you, not the only one, but I should definitely be the one to tell you when you're not, you know, you're not on your P's and your Q's. I do that, I think, because I want you to do it with me. Like, if I'm slipping, then I need somebody in my life who's going to say, hey, girl, or, you know, like my partner. Are we partners or what? You know, because everybody, that's how I'm going to sum that up. Are we partners or what? Or what? Because what I will say, all my life when it came to boys and then now as I'm an adult, men, I've always been extremely aggressive. Realize where I may have gone wrong with the way I communicated a few of my concerns in past relationships with men. My concerns were valid, but the way I would put it would cancel out anything that I had to say. So I will be the first to say that aggression and the way that I would communicate some of my concerns and my partner, you know, it, it wasn't received well. But I, honestly, I feel that I communicate in that way because that is how my dad communicated with me when I wasn't on my P's and Q's as a kid. That is how my grandmother still to this day communicates with me when I'm not on my P's and Q's. To me, that's love. That's how my mama, now my mama is not, you know, she's not going to yell. She's not going to say things to hit you below the belt, but she ain't going to cut no words with you either. And she's going to tell you just like she see it and just like it is. Now, that don't mean that they always right. And I don't mean that I'm always right when I'm expressing something to somebody else. But to me, that just always shows that a person actually loves me enough to tell me when I'm right and you love me enough to tell me when I'm wrong. You know, even my granny, like there's literally no one in my life that, you know, no one in my immediate family, you know, that wouldn't tell me the truth. You know what I mean? And they all do it differently. But I had to learn in relationships, like I still have to speak to him with love. And with kindness, because even though you're frustrating me in this moment, you are still my partner. We still in this together. We still, you know, we're still learning each other and learning ourselves and figuring this life thing out for ourselves. So when I speak to you, I can't speak to you and talk down on you or say things that's going to actually push you back. When my intent is to push you forward, because in my mind, that's my job. If I'm in your life, then you already know, like, if, if I have a concern and I see you and I, you're not really doing what, what I know you could do, 
even with my friends. Let me tell y'all a pivotal moment for me in the sixth grade. So my mom traveled a lot for her job when I was in the sixth grade. It started about, yeah, when I was in the sixth grade. She started traveling a lot for her job. So when she would travel, my dad would come to Dallas and, um, you know, I don't want to say watch me because, like, he was my dad. So it was, I think I had failed a test or something. I don't know what I was doing, honestly, in sixth grade academically. Truly, I don't know. But I did something bad in sixth grade regarding my grades or homework or tests or something like that. And my mom told my dad, and I will never forget. You know, it's, it's, it's moments like this when I miss my daddy because not a lot of people going to tell you the truth. And when you get older, you really realize that. Not a lot of people going to tell you the truth. And I guess that's why I hold on to people and I cherish that so much. So when I do it to other people, they look at it as I'm being negative or I'm this, I'm that. And I'm like, man, I would want you to do the same thing with me. So my dad picked me up from school that day. We get back to the house. And when I tell y'all my daddy let me have it, my daddy let me have it. He broke it down for me in a way that I never forgot. And it's so interesting that that thought just popped up in my head because when I tell y'all I wish I had, like the things that he would probably be saying to me right now, whoo. I ain't going to lie. I believe he would be proud, but I believe that he would really be like, what are you doing? You know, we transparent here. I believe he would be like, what are you doing? You know better than this. You can do better than this. What's the hold up? You know, I believe he would tell me you, people die. <laughs> I wasn't going to always live forever. People die. He ain't cut no words with me. I don't even know how to tell y'all what he said without cussing. And I don't want to cuss on the podcast. I slipped up a lot last episode. But anyways, y'all. Anyways, I, I went into that tangent, Lord. Y'all should know by now. I was bringing all of that up and just like the way that I had to learn how to talk to a man because I didn't know. I ain't have nobody in my life teaching me none of that. So that was always the way that I... People communicated with me when there was a problem. So I did the same thing. But then, you know, that was just a lesson that I had to learn because women, we're not always right. We're not always right. Check the way you're talking to that man. All right. And we're going to move on because, listen, if, if it's that, because I know with my past relationship, I was complaining about the same thing over and over and over and over again. And the issue that I had was an issue that I had noticed like two months in a relationship. And I was with him for like three years. And I'm bringing that up because it's like, we be upset and going off and mad about stuff, but you still with him. So how mad are you really? How frustrated are you really? How tired are you really? Like cut both of y'all's misery short. And send him on about your way and you go on about your way. Before I started talking about all this other stuff, I had brought up a conversation that I was having with my friend because we were talking about um, alignment. And she was saying that she feels like sometimes people reach a lot 
when they're speaking on alignment. And she was also saying, we were talking about how the people in our life are, should serve us. And she was saying that sometimes you may, your, your position in someone's life, God may have put you in that person's life to serve them when they have nothing to give you. And it's not about what you can always receive, but it's mainly about what you can give. I wholeheartedly agree with that. However, in the context of romantic relationships, relationships, period, right? When it comes to the company that you keep, I feel like alignment is not talked about enough. And I can only say that because I have experience, you know, with having friendships or being or, you know, romantic relationships that me and that person did not align. We may have aligned at a certain point in my life, but when that season was over with that person and we no longer aligned, nothing good came from that. You know, like I was dealing with issues simply because of our differences in perspectives on certain things. So I, you know, and I know there are other people out there who feel like, you know, like my friend does, but I wholeheartedly feel like I'm a reach. If I'm reaching, I'm going to reach with both hands when it comes to me aligning with someone. I just, I just know that you have to be, it is imperative that you are beyond careful with who you decide to be in a relationship with. And I'm not even going to touch base on friendships today. Because that's almost more important. But, you know, we we put romantic relationships on a pedestal. We forget about everything else. But, you know, I'm talking about romantic relationships. You must be careful about who you decide to be with. You have to be. You have to be. Does that man compliment your life? And I'm speaking about romantic relationships, y'all. So let's not start going and digging in all other that. Let's put the shoe on the let's put the shoe on the foot that it fits. Okay. You know, this is kind of going off of what I was just saying, but this is an important point that I really want to make. When it comes to being friends with your man, I think too many people misjudge what being a friend to each other in a relationship means. I think y'all completely misjudge it. You'll say, oh, we, we're such good friends. We be vibing. We laugh. We be talking. We be having good conversations. Like, he really my friend for real. Is he? If we took everything else away, the romantic, you know, the sex, everything that you pour into him because you're his girlfriend or his wife. If we took all of that away, would you be able to say that that was your friend? I feel like it's very obvious when two people are in a relationship and there's a genuine foundation of friendship there. You know, and I feel like when you like someone only based off of romantic emotions and feelings, it's not sustainable. You have to like them as a person. Could I really be your friend? Do I like the way you think? Could I lean on you during hard times? Will you tell me the truth? 
if, if, if stuff hit the fan in my life, will you be there? Or will you judge me and talk about me? I feel like a lot of men genuinely don't like women. They were never taught how to really like a woman. Even as when they were boys, when they were little boys, they were never taught how to like girls, how to just like a girl as a friend. They weren't taught that. So a lot of men genuinely don't like women for real. He has no female friends. Okay, he has no female friends that he wouldn't want to eventually have sex with. Let me put emphasis on that. He does not know how to be your friend for real. I'm sorry to bust your bubble. It's not taught to men to hang around a woman just because she cool and she be vibing. They not taught that. Men are literally, okay, men are brought up to believe that women are meant for romantic and sexual purposes. That's it. They not taught how to actually be friends with a woman. So a lot of these men in their in their personal lives, you don't they don't have any female friends. None, not one. And you talking about that's your friend. That's your friend because you're his girlfriend. Y'all in a relationship. That's the only reason that's your friend. But if we took all of that away, he don't like you as a person. I don't know why we don't lead with friendship. Genuine friendship. Like, I don't even really see you like that. You're just cool. You a good person. You a man, I'm a woman, so what? Let's just be friends. You, you know, like... We don't see that a lot, if at all, because I think men are the only ones that really push that narrative that men and women can't be friends. And then women started pushing that narrative because we realized that when we tried to actually be friends with men and when we thought they were actually our friends, they popped up on some. So what's up? You know, I actually really been feeling you like what men can't handle that. That's why. Men are look so negatively towards like the friend zone. Like friend zoning is such a bad thing. Because maybe you was doing too much, sir. Maybe had you led with actually getting to know that woman, actually being her friend, she would have been more open to it. I think men and women could actually drastically benefit from being friends. I think that's kind of where a lot of the disconnect is. We don't really like each other for real. We act like we enemies, men and women. I believe things will look a lot different as far as for dating between men and women. Especially in a black community. I don't know about no other community. That's why I say black community. Because I'm black. So I, I just really feel like it would make a huge difference. I feel like we would understand each other more. I feel like we would respect each other more. I feel like loyalty would be more of like a thing, you know? Something that you strive to be. Child. I, it, it took me a minute to realize that like men genuinely just could not be my friend. I used to think that Friends with benefits was actually a thing. 
And then after I've romantically been involved with this man or after I've sexually been involved with this man, I used to actually think that me and this dude was friends. How that work? You want to know when I realized that that wasn't the case? I was cool with this dude, right? I known him for years. When I tell you I known him for years, known him for years. We ended up being involved with each other. It didn't work out. And then we went back to kind of being cool. Like we would keep a touch. And, you know, we would hang out every once in a while. Not even, you know, no funny business. Just we would kick it. Go out. You know, we would do stuff. When my daddy died, he didn't come to the funeral or the repast. Now, I ain't lose no sleep behind it. But I peeped it. And I remember him giving me all these excuses. And he knew my dad, right? So I remember saying to myself, it was in this moment that I really like, it became full circle and I fully grasped the concept of that. I mean, he wasn't my friend. Like, I thought to myself, I said, if this was one of his homeboys, he wouldn't dare have missed this funeral. Or he wouldn't dare have missed an opportunity to show support in such a time like this. If I was one of the boys, it wouldn't have been like that. And I said, well, Alexis, why you think it wouldn't have been like that? Well, because the boys are really his friends. He don't look at me as his friend for real. Like, I, I don't know. I feel like we could really benefit from being friends with each other. Just strictly friends. But men are going to have to see us in that way first. They don't see us in that way. I'm telling you, if you look at that man life, he don't have no female friends. I used to be the type of, I don't want my men to have friends. That's because why you think, why you think we say that as women? Because we know. So I don't know why we think it's different when we think that a man we used to be with could actually be our friend, but we don't want our man to have female friends because we know that they're not capable. Because deep down, we know that they only see us sexually and romantically. And with that whole friends with benefits stuff, sis, if you are in that type of entanglement, then what I'm going to tell you is you ain't getting no benefit from that. You want to know who's getting the benefit? The man that's able to have sex with you with no commitment. That's who's reaping the benefit. But you knew that already. So we're going to move on. Because I ain't going to keep telling you what you already know. <laughs> Not me fussing at y'all. But seriously. I wish somebody would have said half of this stuff to me. Man. What you tolerate reflects how you truly feel about yourself. And it's that simple. So. I don't know. You know, you, you out here tolerating a man who barely even values the women in his life and you think he finna value you. That And I think I, I mentioned this. I was like, um, no one talks about being with a man who actually, loves, who actually loves himself and what that actually looks like. You know, nobody tells men or, I, you know, I think I see a lot of, uh, I see a lot of men, not a lot, but, I've seen a few men kind of scratch the surface of having these conversations and creating these safe spaces for other black men. 
I can only imagine how challenging it is to be a man. Let me say that first. Now, it's challenging to be a black woman, but it's extremely challenging to be a black man, you know? And I'm not comparing hardships. I'm just saying it's hard for us and it's hard for them too. So I feel like a lot of men don't know how to love themselves. I think a lot of men were taught toxic masculinity. And, um, you know, the cycle just be repeating and repeating and repeating. And I don't think men actually take the time to think to themselves, um, you know, dang, the way that I was taught about how to approach women in relationships is actually detrimental to me as a man. I don't think they have that moment. And I will say that the way that things are changing with the dynamics between men and women, I think a lot of women are starting to wake up. And a lot of women ain't going for a lot of stuff that we used to go for. And so I feel like that's kind of forcing men to be in a position of self-awareness and checking they self and getting they self in order. Because we no longer, it's, it's, you're no longer going to be able to lie to me and tell me that I'm the only one with the issues. Right? You're no longer going to be able to lie to me as a woman and tell me that I struggle with loving myself because of X, Y, Z. And think that I'm not going to turn it around and say, well, you know what? That might be something I struggle with. But a man that sleep around is just as insecure and lost as a woman that's sleeping around. A woman that's given her body to multiple men don't love herself. Just like a man who is sleeping around with multiple women don't love himself. There is no divide between, oh, if a woman does this, then da, 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 da. No, 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 no. And don't nobody talk about that. I had this conversation with my friend a few months ago. Don't nobody really talk about that. How women, you know what, ladies, let's, let, let, let's chat real quick. Even though we already been chatting, I already been running my mouth. But let's chat real quick. Before you even enter that relationship with that man, Assess that man in his life. Pay attention to where and who he comes from. Pay attention to the way he talks. The conversations that he has with you. Pay attention to these things. Pay attention to how he treats people he don't even know. Pay attention to how he treats himself. Because a lot of your answers on how you're going to be treated is right there. It's right there in your face. It's right there and it's right there in your face. That man don't care enough about himself to even know that he should also be stingy with his body. Just like they try to preach to women to be stingy with their body. He don't even understand that he should probably operate in the same way. That man don't care about himself. He he hasn't been taught how to care about himself. So I know for me, until a man comes to that realization that he is worth that self-care. That self-love, that he is worth those moments of, of appreciation, showing those moments of appreciation to himself until he realizes that just because he's a man, that don't mean that he can't feel, that he can't be vulnerable. Until he realizes that he's been taught a generational cycle of toxic masculinity, until he realizes that, that man ain't got nothing for me for real. And I know because I can say it for myself. I ain't got nothing for no man right now. 
Because I got it all. I need to have it all for me. So a man, men don't really take the time to be like, hey, I actually need to work on this. Men don't really take time to work on themselves. They just hop from woman to woman. And so if I'm seeing that in a man, why would I trust myself with him? Why would I put all this expectation on this man to love me in ways that I'm clearly seeing he don't even know how to love himself? What sense does that make? Why put yourself and that man through that? And that's not me saying that you can't be in a relationship with somebody while both of y'all are growing. Nobody is perfect. But going back to that alignment. A man is not going to enter my life treating me less than, you know. That's almost like people who are extremely healthy, they they don't want to be in relationships with people who are not. What Andre 3000 say? Y'all don't want to hear me. Y'all just want to dance. <laughs> I'm just saying, y'all. Relationships are not for the weak. All right? Love is not a feeling. Love is a verb. Love is an action. Okay? And I'm not no man hater. All right? I don't hate men by no means. I've been wrong in some relationships. I've fumbled some men. Not of lately. I can't actually remember the last time I did that. I don't think I actually have, you know. But some women, some women, you know, we not always right. Sometimes we be the reason why relationships don't work. We play a part. You know what I mean? But I know that from my experiences, I want to be with someone who is going to wake up every day, even when we're in a challenging season in our relationship. I want a love that looks like or that sounds like, hey, you know, every day I wake up and I choose you. I make a conscious choice. To do this life with you. And that looks very different from when you are being tolerated. Because a lot of men don't want to be alone. Just like a lot of women don't want to be alone. But again, they're not going to tell you that. They're just going to teach you that women are so emotional. Boy, once I realized that men are actually way more emotional than women, it was a game changer for me. It was a game changer for me, but I was never taught that. Nobody ever, nobody says that. But see, the game is switching up. Women not going for a lot of that no more. So either men are going to wake up and get with the program or they're going to be alone all their life. Because, honey, me and my cousin Kenya, we was going to get a place together and we was going to keep it pushing. If we got married and got in relationships, then cool. But at the end of the day... You know, it, it ain't worth it. It ain't worth your peace. It's not worth your sanity. I knew when I was in a relationship, I lost my dad. And being in a relationship and going through something like that, so much wisdom and knowledge has come from that experience for me. And it's why I'm dead set. 
on alignment. Because now in my life, like even with friendships, like I seek and I pray for relationship, period, you know, all across the board, romantic friendship, whatever. I seek and pray for relationships that align with the woman that I am today because my mind is different now. I have different passions, different goals, different things I want to do in my life. I've been through things, you know, and you just want to be around people who can relate. You want to be around people who understand hard times. You want to be around people who know how to encourage you and who won't judge you when stuff hit the fan in your life and you hit rock bottom because they know what rock bottom feel like. You want to be in relationship with a man or, you know, a friend who has God in their life, who has a very strong foundation with God. Because let me tell you, if you believe in God and your faith is strong and you're trying to grow your relationship with God, what are you doing with a man who doesn't even know how to pray? He don't even try to learn how to pray. He ain't read a Bible verse since vacation Bible school when he was 10. I seek that and I, and I pray for that because while I love my friends, right? And when I was in, you know, these different relationships, I felt like at least that I loved this person, but the woman that I am now is seeking different things from these people because I know how hard life is and can get for real. So I have to be in connection with somebody who, who gets it. And I hope I'm making sense and I'm probably not. But when I tell you losing my, losing a parent, right? Grieving. While in a relationship, open my eyes to so much because I felt like I wasn't with someone and I struggled with this with my friendships as well, who understood what a hard time looked like. Never really been through anything at the magnitude of what I'm experiencing right now. And it wasn't that I needed anybody else in my life to lose a parent. I just think if you don't know, if you've never experienced falling down for real and getting back up, it's hard for you to express empathy to other people in your life who are going through very traumatic and life-changing things. It's hard for you to accept their changes. It's hard for you to... Be there for them. It's almost as if your pain makes them uncomfortable because you walking in territory that they they haven't. And so don't get it confused with me. Don't think that I'm saying that I pray for a relationship with a man or friends with men or women who... Like, I need us all, like, misery loves company type of thing. That's not what it is because I'm not miserable by any means. But what I'm saying is, it's a different conversation at the table when people know what you've been through. It's different. 
It's a different type of support and love that you get from people who know what you've been through. And so with that relationship, I didn't, I feel like that was a big thing. Like with me and almost everybody in my life, except for like two or three people. There was so much disconnect when that happened. But since we're speaking on relationships, I don't think that man knew what to do with what I was going through. I don't think he knew what to do. I don't think he knew what to say. He did the best that he could. But I think the changes were too much. And all that taught me was, you know, how to be more selective because, of course, I had never experienced grief while being in a relationship with him. But there were certain things that, you know, were yellow flags that by the time it got to the point where he was needed and he couldn't really give me what I needed, it it, it, it shouldn't have been a surprise. But see, when we ignore things like making sure we align with people, these are the type of things that we end up dealing with. Losing my dad changed me. It changed the way I viewed life. I was depressed for a while. It hasn't even been two years yet. So sometimes I'm still, sometimes I still break down and have to drop on my knees and pray like a beast because I feel the enemy. I feel him trying to make me fall back into old habits. I feel him trying to get me. And I know I don't want to go back there. People, people will change when you're in a relationship with someone. And it's especially if you expect to be married, you want to be married, right? And you're in a relationship with this person. Well, nobody plans for a marriage to end in three years, three months, six years. You expect for this marriage to last until you stop walking this earth, correct? So how in the world do you think this person is going to be the same person? Say you in this, say you live for another 30 years. You married for 30 years, 30 years, you in the same person and you expect for this person to be the same. Life can throw some things at you and most of it is meant to change you. But sometimes you start changing for the worst before you start changing for the better. And you have to be with someone. Who you know can handle that. And be the support that you need. You have to be with somebody. Who can say. I got you. And really mean that. You have to be with someone. Who can can see you changing. And not run off. You have to be with somebody. Who can see you through a transition like that. A transformation like that. I don't care what the relationship was between you and your parent. Losing a parent is is, mm, something. That's all I got for it. It's, It's truly something. And it ain't even nothing you can explain. You just, you have to be with somebody who can say, I'm here with you. You're not fighting this battle of depression or grief 
on your own. I'm right here. And other and some of your other other examples of things that go on in relationships, like, you know, somebody may lose a job. Somebody may fall on hard times financially. You need to be with somebody who has the mental capacity and the heart posture to handle that with you. That's your friend. That's where that friendship come in. That's where that real love come in. Because let me tell you, I wasn't always the nicest person. And when you're going through things, you won't always be the best partner. You might not always be, you know, a relationship or what they say, a relationship, you know, they say 50-50 of the emotional toll, of the work that goes into it. But when one of y'all is going through things, going through something that then really hits you to the core, sometimes you ain't got nothing to give. And that other person got to be able to have the shoulders and love you enough and present enough. They got to be able to hold it down. They got to be able to hold that hundred. Sometimes you might not have it. Sometimes you may only have 10% to give. You need to be with somebody that when all you got is 10, he got the rest. And whatever that looks like for you in your relationship, because stop letting people tell you what your stuff should look like. You have to be with somebody who can handle it. Because it's not always going to be peaches and rainbows. And you have to be with somebody who's going to allow you the space to change. I know with family, family change don't really sit right with family. Family be like, oh, uh-uh. I remember when you was like this, like that. And they hold on to that. You have to allow your partner the space to become. To change. Especially if you met them at a young age and y'all have been together for a long time. Y'all ain't even have to been together for a long time. I don't care how old you are, but I'm in my 20s, so I'm going to speak to the other 20-somethings out there. Your 20s are a time of constant change. You're going to experience a lot of things that are going to be very new to you, and you're going to be setting a standard, and you're going to be acquiring a lot of experience which is going to bring on a lot of wisdom because you're going to experience a lot of things for the first time as an adult in your 20s. And a lot of it is going to change you. I am far from the person that I was at 23. But that's why it's also important to be with somebody who also has a growth mindset. The things that I went for at 23, I would never go for now at 27. There's so much that we could be more mindful of. I feel that we have stripped away the intimacy that goes into having sex with someone. I was watching a video one time of these guys having a conversation. And I noticed how far removed we've become from what sex should actually be about. Now, I'm not going to dive into my true, my like raw opinion about the meaning of sex. But I will say that I think we we have like divided sex and intimacy. 
And in my mind, isn't sex a part of intimacy? I see a lot of people disconnect the two and say that sex and intimacy are two completely different things. But I feel like intimacy is not just one thing, right? You can show intimacy could be me and you watching our favorite show. Moments of intimacy could be us going on a date. Moments of intimacy could be us fixing an issue. Moments of intimacy is also sex. Sex is an act of being intimate with someone that you care about and value and love. But we didn't got the game jacked up. We didn't set up here and disconnected the two and gave sex its own space. So then now you got people who put way too much emphasis on sex. And if you dating and you tell a man I'm celibate. And I don't, I don't want to date. I mean, I don't want to have sex until I'm, I'm married. Or I don't want to have sex until I'm in a committed relationship. That is enough for him to not want to deal with you. We have put way too much value on sex. Way too much importance on sex. It's so bad. And I was joking about this with somebody, like, I think a couple years ago. It's so bad out here. And we've got things so confused that when you tell your man, hey, babe, I feel like I'm not really getting my needs met emotionally in this relationship. Half of what you said going to go in one ear, not the other. But let you tell that man that you not that he not pleasing you in bed. And his ears going to perk up like a poodle. His ears going to perk up like a dog. Men put more value into their sexual performance than how they actually perform as men. Huh? Than the type of man that he actually is in your life. Tell that man he don't please you. Bring up something sexual with that man. And he all ears. And this ain't all men, but I'm just saying, like, that that was just a moment for me where I was like, man, we are so far removed. Because since when did sex and intimacy become two different things? That's just my opinion. I view, like, we've, we've completely, we, sex is just way too, like, common. Like, it's not, it's not a, like a, it's not a moment between you and someone that you or with, or you and someone that you love, it, it's not that. And I don't know if it's ever been that, but the way sex is put on a pedestal is actually quite disturbing. It's actually quite disturbing. And... I just reached a point where it it takes so much more than me just liking you. You being my type physically. It just takes so much more than that for me to allow you into my body.
took me a minute to get here. I ain't no better than nobody else. I just didn't feel comfortable having sex with a man that didn't truly value me. He didn't even understand the intimacy in sex. You got men out here who won't kiss a woman when he's having sex with her because, nah, that's too much. What sense do that make? What sense do that make? Y'all, I'm going to wrap this episode up right here. Because this episode is longer than I actually I really be trying to give y'all like 30 to 40, 30 to 35 minute episodes, but I haven't yet been able to master that skill. But I just, the dating world would be, or at the end of the day, Tina said, what's love got to do with it? Yeah, I'm glad you love me. But when things hit the fan in my life, you going to be there? Because I know me. And I know that I'm, I, I can handle it. I love this season that I'm in. I do hope, though, that if you are out here letting a man do you and treat you any kind of way, you have no standards. You have no boundaries. It's just whatever, you know, with whoever. I do hope that you get tired. And I hope that when you get tired, you spend time with yourself. And I hope that when God deems you fit for the man that he has for you, because if God does have a man for you, Ask yourself if you are good enough for him. Now, I know I be preaching about women being this and women being that. And I'm still I'm still on that soapbox. However. We are God's children. So if I'm praying for a man of God. Then I need to compliment that man. If I'm not ready for him. God is not going to even allow him to come in. So you want a better man, but you ain't took no time to become a better woman. That would even be the type of man you want wouldn't even be attracted to you. And I know that's a hard pill to swallow, but it's the truth. The type of man that you want wouldn't even be attracted to you. And it has nothing to do with bettering ourselves to just be desirable to a good man. But if you're going to make the choice to have a man in your life. Because men going to come. You think just because I'm in my season of singleness. That men don't approach me. Or want to take things far further with me. Or you know. You know they be, they be lying. But you know what I mean. Whatever his they motives be. You think that don't happen. You think that I haven't had moments where I indulged a little bit? But I can truly in my heart feel God telling me I ain't ready and that it's not time. 
So I'm going to choose to lean more into that. I'll be on the fence. You know, I might like a guy and be like, oh, but, but da, 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 da. And I just be feeling God telling me, what did I say? What do you genuinely feel deep down in your soul? That's me talking. And, and, and we, we didn't already came to an agreement. So what are you doing? This ain't going to do nothing but end in chaos. Then you're going to be crying to me. This guy talking. Then you're going to be crying to me talking about God. Why he had to do me like that? I never even did it. God is like, I told, why we keep doing this? Can you just listen? Can you just honor yourself and love yourself enough to listen and trust and have faith that what I have for you and the plan that I have for you in every area of your life is what's best for you? Can you just take some time to work on yourself? And if I have a man for you, I'll give him to you. But that man is also my child. So I can't have you playing around with him. There are multiple ways to look at it. So I'm just saying. By being in relationships just because you don't want to be alone. By continuing to deal with something or someone that you know God is has been trying to deliver you from. And you want to know how... You want you you want to know how you figured it out? What's been happening in that relationship with that man? Has it been more peaceful or more stressful? Does the stress that does whatever he did, whatever he did to cause stress, was it rooted in disrespect? See, sometimes things are just a misunderstanding. But sometimes now nah, that man straight up disrespected you. The woman that I am now, I could never spin the block. That's why I don't spin a block. I had to learn the hard way with that. I don't spin a block because whoever I was at that time that me and you was dealing with each other, I am not her no more. So what I've learned is that when I do spin a block or when I even stick my big toe in the possibility of spinning the block, it never works because that man has probably not changed at all. So he starts dealing with me in a way of like throwing things my way that I would have accepted Back when we was dealing with each other in the past. But I'm not her no more. So I don't tolerate those things. We no longer align. So take from this episode what you may. But I, I really hate to see people going through unnecessary stuff. Just because they are afraid of being uncomfortable. So. Take from it what you may. As always. What I always ask y'all. You gonna come back next week. You coming back? Okay, I'm going to be expecting you. Because we still got so much to talk about. But with that being said, I'm going to close this episode. I'm going to get up off y'all neck. I'm going to get off of your neck. Okay? All right. <laughs> All right, y'all. Same place, same time next week. Okay? I'm, I'm, we're going to talk then. All right. <laughs> All right, y'all. Talk to y'all next week. Peace.